Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Football CU Podcast. Andrew here with you again this week. In today's episode, we're going to talk about trying some new fantasy football formats next year. I want to encourage everyone to look into that. Maybe try something new because you never know. One of these new formats we're going to talk about might intrigue you. It might be really fun. You don't know unless you try it. I'm going to talk about all the popular ones and then some of the not so popular ones and you can decide which one you want to try and see if you can really enjoy it and have fun with it. Um, but bef- before we get into anything, as we always have to do, let's start here with the Word of God. And we're going to go to the book of Proverbs, gain some wisdom today. We're going to look at Proverbs chapter 5, verse 21. For a man's ways are in full view of the Lord, and he examines all his paths. Mm, that one's um, encouraging and also a little convicting because there's nothing that we can hide from the Lord. He knows our heart. He knows our thoughts. He knows our past. He knows everything about us. So if there's something you're trying to hide that you can't, he, he doesn't want you to have feel shame about it, but he just wants you to come to him and get rid of all that ick and get forgiveness and just turn away, repent from all that sin that's holding you back. Nothing is out of view of the Lord. Okay, let's get into this here. We're going to start with going over what's called season-long formats. Probably some of these are the more popular ones that you probably heard of. Let's dig into the non-PPR. Basically what that is, it's fairly straightforward. Um, it's the probably the most common way known as the normal or default way to play fantasy football where points are scored on the um, just default basis and catches that a player makes, receivers, running backs, tight ends, do not add anything. There is no points added per reception. Everything else is basically the same. You get um, one point for 10 yards rushing, one point for 10 yards receiving, one point for 25 yards passing. Just the normal everyday rules of fantasy football. This is normally kind of the one everyone starts with. And that's where you might have been. That might be where you're still at, is only doing non-PPR. And I would encourage to continue with that because there's value, there's fun in that, but also to look into some other ones. For example, PPR leagues. There's full PPR and half PPR. And what PPR means, it's point per reception. So every time any player makes a catch on offense, running back, receiver, tight end, even the quarterback, if he makes a reception, that gives them an additional point, which is why players that rack up 9, 10 catches really can add so many points to your fantasy football team. The full PPR means one full point per reception, and there's also half PPR, which is only a half point per reception if you don't want receivers and receiving running backs to just kind of go crazy scoring a ton of points just because they catch some little dump off passes. That could go either way depending on your preference. I prefer full PPR as opposed to half PPR or non-PPR because I really like to see the value and players being involved. So running backs getting a ton of targets and catches, receivers getting really involved. 
I think being involved that much should kind of turn into fantasy points as well, having more success that way. Um, so that's really the basics of those fantasy formats, the most popular ones there. Um, but there's also some different ways to play. Those are scoring rules, but there's also some different ways to play. There's what's called keeper leagues. So season long, you draft a team, and then at the end of the year, um, your team either win or lose, season's over, and the next year you draft a brand new team. You start from scratch, and there's a lot of value in that. I have a ton of fun in that. But with keeper leagues, what the difference with that is, usually one or two players, depending on how your league rules go about and how your commissioner wants to do things, um, you can keep one or two players from your previous team onto your next year's team. Different ways you can go about that. Either A, use the draft pick that that player was drafted last year. So if your keeper player you want to keep, you drafted in the third round last year, then you use your third round pick for next year to keep them on your team. So if you drafted really well and the player that you want to keep would have been a first round pick next year. You're only spending a third round pick on him. There could be a really good strategy in that. And sometimes to keep that from getting too overpowered, another way to do it is by have the draft pick value be one round higher than you drafted that player. That way no one can keep their first round draft pick. No one can keep Tyreek Hill on their roster every single year when someone else might want to have them on their roster. So there's different ways you can go about that, but Keeper League's going to be so much fun. Um, they can be the first step to moving on to the Dynasty format, which we'll touch on next. So with Dynasty, that is not just a season long. That is constant going all year round. So what you do, you start a brand new Dynasty League. Everyone does like normally you would do. You would draft the players in a normal draft, draft one through 17 rounds, whatever it is. Everyone gets the starters, the bench, all that. All that is the same. But that's the only time you have a full draft. The rest of the time, you're only drafting rookie drafts is what they call it. So the rookies that are coming into the league, you're going to have a draft round specifically designed around getting those players on your team getting younger. And you can make trades all year round. You keep your players that you drafted basically forever until you release them into the waiver wire or you trade them away. Or if they're old enough, they retire. That happens sometimes too. Uh, but Dynasty can be so much fun. So much fun, especially if you've been playing fantasy football for a while and you want to try something new. You want to spice it up a little bit and you're tired of waiting until all the way back until July and getting ready for fantasy season again. Dynasty never ends. You can continue to make some moves during the off season, try to make your team better next year, so on and so forth. There's a lot of nuances to Dynasty. So before you really dive in, make sure you learn exactly what it is. This is just the basics, um, but Dynasty can be so much fun. And there's also um, what's called daily fantasy football. And what that is, is it's basically a weekly game. You pick a new team every single week. Um, and it's more um, paid fantasy football. 
So you go to a website like uh, DraftKings, like one of those, any sports book out there normally has some daily fantasy football content on there. And you go to their daily fantasy um, side, you draft a team. It's usually an auction type draft with salary cap. We'll touch on that here in a second. Um, it's actually known as salary cap instead of auction, but I call it auction. That's just the way I feel. But we'll talk about auction drafting here in a little bit. But daily, you have a salary cap, and each player costs a certain amount of salary. And you have to put a team together based off players playing that week or that Sunday. Um, and then you put them together, and you go up against everyone else in the whole world that wants to do it and they have the same players available as you do. So you can have the same team as a thousand different players. So with daily, it's really difficult and it does cost a, a fee to enter in most of these. There are some free um, contests you can join in, but a lot of them cost a little bit of money, so be cautious on that. Um, but the key to the daily fantasy side is you have to make a few dart throws. You have to kind of get one of those cheaper players on your starting lineup that might go off for two touchdowns. You need to be a little bit different than everybody else while still staying under the salary cap. It can be a lot of fun, but it can be very difficult as well. I um, did a daily fantasy lineup every single week last year. I have that on my uh, membership side. If you ever wanted to check that out, you can join in and kind of get a little bit understanding of how that goes and see some of the teams that I made. Um, I did okay last year. There were some weeks where I really played well, some weeks where I lost every single week. just happens. That's daily fantasy for you. Um, and with daily, like I said, they are the, the salary cap style of drafting. And that leads me into talking about auction drafts. This is also known as salary drafts, but I call them auction because of just how, um, how different it is and how nuanced and how um, exciting it can be. So basically what that is, it can be used for any style of fantasy football. It can be used for season long. It can be used for dynasty. It can be used for keeper. It can be used for basically any type of fantasy you want to do. Um, and instead of having drafts where there's one through 10 rounds and you do the snake format where team 10 drafts also team 11, team one drafts at the end of the second round, so on and so forth and everyone knows we're gonna be, but they have to wait to draft their player. It's not like that. What it is, is there's still some order to it. There's a one through 10 order of players that are drafting just like normal, but they don't draft a player. When it's your turn and it's your spot in the order of the draft, you bid on a player. You start an auction on a player. So let's say, you're wanting to start a bid on Christian McCaffrey. You will put up a number. Let's just say um, your salary cap for your team is $100. Let's just say a random number, $100. And you want to bid $5 on them because you want to get them for cheap. Well, you put them up there, then there's a time limit that goes on. Um, or there's certain settings you can change, but normally there's some kind of countdown till someone can make another bid. And that person can make a higher bid. They say, no, I want Chris McCaffrey. I want to bid $6. And another team says, no, that's too cheap. I want to bid $10. And it goes so on and so forth until a bid is made and no one else outbids that person. And that person has Christian McCaffrey. Then the next one in line 
starts a bit on a different player, so on and so forth. That way, you always have a chance to basically draft any player, no matter where you're at in the in the order of the um, draft lineup, because they're just going to be bid. And if you do your homework, you do your studying, you kind of prepare for it really well. You know your limit, you know your cap, you know what players you're looking for, you know what strategy you want to do, you know your league very well, you know what you're doing. You can dominate the auction draft, the salary draft format. You can make your team look so well where everyone else is just struggling because they don't know what they're doing. It is difficult. Salary cap drafting, auction drafting, it is more difficult, a lot more difficult than the normal snake style. But if you get good at it, you can have such a good team, and it could be really fun. I, I always, I definitely encourage to look into it. Into any one of your leagues, look at maybe starting a salary cap, starting an auction draft. It is very, very fun, very different, and you might enjoy it. Um, and then there's a couple more we're going to talk about here. Um, first, I'm going to look at best ball. This is more of a tournament-style fantasy football format, more of a contest. Again, there's a buy-in fee normally, um, but this is a little different. This is normally PPR rules, but there are certain other things you can look at there. Um, but what it is, is you draft a lineup of a ton of players. Normally, a lineup consists of like nine starters and six or seven benches. This is much different. This is a deep, deep roster, maybe 20 to 30 players in that range. And what makes it so different is you don't change your lineup every week. You draft a team and then you just, you know, clap your hands, dust off your shoulders, and that's it. That's all you really do, honestly. Um, the highest players on your team, your bench or your quote unquote starters, that determines how many points you score. So, for example, and it's kind of confusing. For example, if you have uh, three wide receivers in your quote-unquote starting lineup, the three highest scoring receivers from your whole team, starting lineup or bench, that is what is going to be in your starting lineup for that week. Same with your running backs. If you have eight running backs on roster, the two highest scoring running backs will be your starters for your week, either in your lineup or on your bench. That way you don't have to make changes. You just draft for high upside on players that might go crazy in any given week. And if they do, that's a starter for the week. And it's very interesting. It can be quite fun. And again, very difficult because a lot of people do it. And it's more of a tournament contest format instead of the normal year-long um, just kind of having fun with your friends. So if you're interested in that, I would give another caution because it can be difficult. It can be pricey. And it might be a little stressful because you're actually putting a lot of money on the line sometimes. But it can be really fun. Um, I also want to talk about a couple other interesting leagues that you might not know about. That you can make certain rules um, before people join in. And you have a lot of fun with this. This first one I'm going to talk about. My friend actually was in one of these leagues. It's called a Pirate League. That's what they called it. Um, and it's really interesting. So what happens is it's a normal season-long draft. PPR, non-PPR, either one of those are fine, whatever the league wants. And whenever you have a head-to-head -head matchup, the winner gets to take any player they want from the losing team. They make a trade, basically, and the losing team has to accept it. 
So the winning team could say, hey, I want Tyreek Hill off your team, and I'm going to trade you my worst receiver on my bench. And they have to accept it. So if you get rolling and you go on a three or four game win streak, your team is going to be loaded. It's going to be so strong. You're going to be hard to beat. And when you get to the playoffs in this type of league, all the teams are just stacked from top to bottom. It's quite interesting. Um, It's interesting nuance. If you want to think about that, maybe put that into your um, commissioner's thought process. See if he wants to um, implement that in your league as a rule. Where, hey, maybe this year we're going to do a pirate league. Maybe start a new league, make it a pirate league. It sounded really fun. I haven't done one of those myself yet, but I'm, I'm interested. I might run one of those one day. And another one that's out there that I've heard about from um, some of the fantasy analysts out there, some of the some of the big name ones, is called the Guillotine League. This one sounds very interesting as well. I've never tried it, but I kind of want to. So what it is, is you get the same number of teams in the league as there are weeks in the season. So it's not really any playoffs in this, um, but you can start this any, any week during the year. So you can start, if you have 12 teams on um, on your roster that want to play, 12 members that want to be a league manager for this particular type of league, then you can make it a 12-week season. You can start wherever you want in week 12. That's it. And how it works, just like a normal standard season-long league, everyone drafts team, drafts, you know, nine starters, six bench players, whatever it is, non-PPR, PPR, whatever you want. And whenever you're playing, it's not really head-to-head matchups, so to speak. There are. You still get those. Um, But what happens is the lowest score for the week gets cut from the league completely. And their players are on the waiver wire, free to grab wherever you want to go. So if a team had Chris McCaffrey, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and they had the lowest score for the week... They gone, and those players are free to grab on anybody's team. So how it works is once you get down to the nitty-gritty, down to like the last five, six teams, every team is going to be so stacked, so loaded, that it's really kind of a luck thing to see who really wins or people that really know what they're doing and they strategize their players that are going to kind of boom completely go crazy during a week where they can beat the other team who's just as stacked as them. So that that type of league sounds really, really fun. Definitely suggest looking into that. And there's a couple other things I want to touch on here as far as different formats to look into. Um, first is called tight end premium. It's basically what it sounds like where tight ends score more points than normal leagues. So they're normally like a 1.5. PPR. So if they get a catch, they get 1.5 points as opposed to just one. And you could increase their touchdowns. If tight ends get a receiving touchdown, you might say they scored eight points. There are certain rules, certain ways you can go about that. The most popular one is 1.5 points per reception. Mainly the thought process on that is tight ends normally are such a wasteland. Normally they're so thin not really a lot to go for. That way you make the tight end spot more valuable. Nowadays, tight ends are actually starting to come back up in the um, the football realm. A lot of great tight ends out there now. I talked about that in the last week's episode. But that's still something interesting to think about is tight end premium. Might be something to look into. 
And also the last thing I wanted to touch on um, as far as different formats to look into is um, the way you do your waiver wire. So normally the waiver wire is just kind of a first come first serve almost where um, team with last place has the first option to pick up anybody they want and it goes backwards from there to the person in first place gets the last option. But if no one put a waiver on a certain player, first place team could get that player and so on and so forth. Um, it's a fine way to do it, a fair way to do it. That way the last place team has a chance to get better, has a chance to get some of those players that no one really wanted to draft, but actually they broke out a little bit. So something to think about um, to maybe continue to do because it is a fine way to do your waiver wire, but something else you can consider is called FAB. And basically what that is, it's free, ag free agent acquisition bucks is what it's called. Um, basically where everyone gets a budget and they get like, I don't know, $100. And they do just kind of like the auction draft strategy where you bid on players in the waiver wire. You bid $4 on that backup running back. And you will get that player no matter what position you are in the ranking. If you're number one, if you're undefeated, you can still get that best player if you outbid everyone else. And everyone else has the chance to bid on these players as well. Um, it's an interesting way to go about it and a, definitely a strategy to think about because you only get a certain amount of money. Once that money's gone, you can no longer get waiver wire free agents. So it's, it's very interesting. Definitely consider looking into that because it can be very fun and it can make where if you know what you're doing, you know what you're doing well, you can dominate the league and get the best players every year because no one else really knows how to do it as well as you do. Um, it's it's a very cool way to do waiver wire. Um, so I would consider looking into it. And that's the same with any of these things I touched on. Any of these different formats that we discussed, they're all very fun. So just look into trying one of these, either a different scoring role, either a, either a different format completely, or the different waiver wire way to go about it, either fab, budget, or whatever you wanna do. There's different ways to play fantasy football, not just the normal way that we're used to. So look into it, research it, see if it sounds good, and if you want to, I've made a course specifically on all of this I touched on. I dive much deeper into more of the nuance, more of the strategy, how to have success. So if you want to learn more about it, you can go on my website, fantasyfootballcu.com, and look into it and um, see if any of these interest you and have success in it next year. Um, but that's enough about fake football. Now let's get real. And I wanna talk about today being immovable for Christ, standing firm in your faith. We, start, we talked about standing firm last week in different areas of life, not giving up. But today, we need to be immovable, stand firm in our faith, not letting anything shake us and giving God glory and doing his work for all of time, not giving up on that. And we're gonna look at some scripture here first. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, 
because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So if you are working for the Lord and you're growing tired and it seems like nothing's working, do not give up because your labor in the Lord will never, ever be in vain. 1 Corinthians 16, 9, because a great door for effective work has opened to me and there are many who oppose me. So whenever the Lord gives you something, gives you something very important to do, he gives you a good work, a door opened, there are going to be oppositions. There are going to be people that oppose you. You need to stand firm, be immovable for your faith, for God, for Christ. 2 Timothy 3, 10 through 12. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Isonium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. A little context on that. Um, that is Paul talking about um, scriptures in Acts 14, talking about the times that he was persecuted and almost killed in those towns. I would definitely suggest reading through Acts 14, where it talks about all the persecution that Paul had during that time, and he didn't give up. He was immovable. He would not shake off of his belief in the truth and his strength in sharing the truth, even when he was being tormented. Um, and in 2 Corinthians 12, this is a very popular verse. Verse, um, let's start here with verse, let's start with verse 7. Verse 7 through 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 10. Or because of these surpasses, passingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So there's got to be so many persecutions and difficulties when we are trying to stand firm for Christ, trying to be immovable for Christ, immovable on the gospel. But when we are facing those persecutions and those difficulties, we need to delight in them because that is when we're going to be made strong because that's when God is going to be there working through us, making sure that his glory is known because we are just weak vessels and he is the strength that we can overcome things and we can give him glory when we do overcome those persecutions, those obstacles being immovable for, for Christ. Don't give up. Press in. We do not know when God will move on that area that you're working on. Stand strong in him. We live for the Lord, not for the praise of men. So men might be 
persecuting you, might be saying so many negative things about you, so many insults because of your faith in Christ, because of you trying to share the gospel. Don't let that affect you. We live for the praise of God. We live to praise Him. We live for His glory. We don't live for the praise of men and for the affirmation of men. We live to please God. Well, everybody, thank you so much for joining in this week. Um, next week is going to be a lot of fun. Next week, we are going to go over... We're going to go over the basics of fantasy football. What it is. What is this strange game that we play? Um, we're going to talk about that next week. And then here coming soon, we're going to look into free agency. Free agency's coming up. So we have a lot more fun things to talk about. Um, but if you have any questions, you can visit my website, fantasyfootballcu.com. Go to the free forums, ask any questions on there. It's also a section for prayer. I'd love to pray for you for anything that's going on in your life. And if you're wanting to um, understand some new fantasy strategies, new fantasy formats, or get prepared for next season, a ton of courses you can look into. Um, I'd be happy to help with those, teach you how to really play some of these different formats, how to prepare, get ready for next season. Thank you guys so much for joining in. God bless you, and we will see you next time.